Hello and welcome to the 157th episode of Downtime Podcast with Alisa and Jeremy. It is February. It is the first time we are recording together. I am looking forward to this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed our last few episodes from the that were recorded last year. Alisa, how's it going? Not too bad. Today's Super Bowl. I'm gonna cook lunch at some point, and yeah, that there's really not much to it, except I've been playing a lot of Ghost of Tsushima, which we will talk about. How about you? Yes. Uh, so I, I tried playing Dead by Daylight the other day, and it kept crashing on me, and it wasn't just me, it was like everyone in my group, the game kept crashing, and we're like, you know what, I think it's time we take a break. So we're taking an indefinite hiatus from the game an indefinite uh, hiatus <laughs> I, that's what it feels like <gasps> the because, sounds and i'll tell you what. okay i was about to say this sounds so dramatic <laughs> it's kind of well okay To me, it's a little dramatic because it's a game that I've been playing every day since September 2019, almost every day. And um, when you when you put a lot of time and especially especially money, like I, I have bought like DLC and I've bought like costumes for characters and stuff, and I've I've never done things like that things like that before in a game. So when I've done when I did that, like it's an investment and the point of it is you know you're you're going to be playing it every day you're going to be involved in the entire community and have an understanding of what's going on with the game and what's going on with the devs and yeah i mean as of today i i stopped playing it for like a week and a half and i you know i i've been, I, I i think it feels good it's a good feeling to not be playing the game right now because you know you got to do you got to play other games and um the reason why I'm taking, a, a, I guess, a short hiatus is because uh, um, we've been playing, uh, my, my group and I, we've been playing The Forest. Have you heard of that game? No, I have not. It's a game about um, a survivor who crash lands on an island, and then you have to figure out and find your son who's been kidnapped by the island natives. So we're doing, we're playing, <laughs> we're playing that. We're trying to figure out where the son went. Um, is it and tr- uh it's been is it more it's of been like- exciting it's been a thrill um the game is single player but it also has multiplayer co-op so up to eight people can be on one server and there's five of us playing right now and we're all trying to survive we're building up our little base so there's elements of the game that are like um minecraft but also kind of like like other survival horror games you could think of because um, it's first person. Oh, so this is a horror game. You can have. Yeah, it's a horror game. There's a lot of scary shit. There's a lot of scary shit on the island. So you just got to be careful. You got to watch out for that stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, they, that's a lot of fun. And that's been taking up all our time. Like literally the other day we started at like seven and then we played until like two one two a.m and we're like oh shoot like we gotta go to bed in real life <laughs> like do you really we're though just so, we're so invested <laughs> in the game now it's it's a lot of fun and it's 
is very rewarding, but also very frustrating when it comes to like little mini bosses because there's bosses that will spawn on the surface, and then we, surface meaning that you can also go underground. Um, there's bosses that will spawn on the surface, and then the more you build your base out, the more they will spawn, and so this will force you to upgrade your weapons, get better weapons, and uh, defend your base more. Uh, so we we've been we've been playing this game a lot. It's been a it's been a ton of fun, uh, and um, yeah, I don't really see myself playing DVD for a while simply because I've invested so much time in the forest now. Now, granted, this isn't the first time I've played the forest. <clears throat> The first time I played The Force was back in 2016, when it was a little bit more of a different game. So I'm pretty familiar with the game overall. It's just I want to, um, you know, get better at the game and continue playing it, uh, and you know, experience a different side of the game with with more people. So, yeah, that's pretty much all that I've been up to. <laughs> For sure. Uh, and um, on top of that, I moved so that is probably the reason why you guys didn't hear me um in the last short podcast that elisa did um and uh yeah i i moved i am fully moved into my new place i i love it um with with everything you know there's there's highs and there's lows um some of the highs being um i have faster internet now which is amazing uh um and some of the lows being it gets really cold here because we have hardwood floors and before we had carpet and that kind of retained heat better. But now that we're in a place that is a lot more open and has hardwood floors, it's it doesn't really retain the heat <laughs> and um, it gets really, really cold at night. So if it's like 46 degrees outside, that's you're going to feel it inside if yeah. you don't have a heater on. Um, and... Uh, Overall, I love the location. I love where we are. I love uh, everything about the place, and I couldn't complain more. There were no issues with the move, um, and uh, yeah, it's it's been good. It's been it's been a ton of fun setting everything up. Uh, but I'm I'm just happy to be here now, and I'm ready to talk about video games, talk about more stuff, and yeah. In general, I do like I do prefer hardwood floors to rugs and carpet flooring. I mean, even though it does get cold unless you're in some cuz in Asia they have the type of heater where it's not centralized heating. The floors All are right. heated. So, that's nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, unfortunately, that's just not the way um the architecture works over here, but I, right. Even if it does get cold, I do think that hardwood in general is better. <laughs> yeah, aesthetically, I, I like it a lot more. Yeah. Um, I like, I just like um, how it feels. Like, it's easier to, like, put cer certain things on a hardwood floor and have it be level as opposed to on a carpet where like, it could sink a little bit and you have to adjust for that. Yeah. But that's just me being picky. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, I, I want to talk about Ghost of Tsushima a little bit. Yes. And your feeling when you saw the title card for the first time. So I think I've talked about this briefly, but in just playing the first 10, 10, 20 seconds of the game, 
my feeling was, holy crap, this is this is a beautiful game, and I have a really crappy TV, and I need to get a new TV. Was <laughs> 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 really like my true reaction of playing this game, even even when it's nighttime in Tsushima, the lighting and the contra- contrast and all the colors I think are. I wouldn't say it. I wouldn't say the game is is like color balanced in a way that it like things are neutral. They purposefully make things more saturated and pop. Um, but I, I I I'm enjoying that type of art style right now and cinematography for the game. So you yes. So I I actually do think that the high saturation fits for the game. And then when you're going through the title, you play you're trying to escape and go through the town with Yuna after the samurais have all been captured after your uncle's been captured and Jin and Yuna are going through killing some Mongols. And then eventually you get on your horse, you find your horse for the first time and it's the first time you two separate and Jin's just riding through a field of flowers and the title card comes in was a very gorgeous scene that I also felt, wow, I have a really bad TV for this game. <laughs> I I teared up a little bit, not going to lie, Yeah. when that happened. I was like, oh my god, this is so beautiful, and the music swelling, and I was like, yo, this, this game is so fucking cool. The soundtrack is on fire. I love all the yes. instrumentals, all the string instrumentals, just in between moments just when you're in out in the wild like when they pluck the strings when you know something's gonna happen or you should expect something all the musical cues and sound is and just the soundtrack is really good that really played well to the intro and it was also i was expecting the title card to kind to kind of come right after you tried to infiltrate the castle but instead mm-hmm. it comes when all the flowers are out in the field it was a very it was a very good choice in terms of, yeah. in terms of uh setting up the game and and I love that yeah and on top of that you just know from that title card that man this is going to be a crazy world <laughs> that's going to have a lot to offer yeah I, lo- I love that you're still playing the game while the title card shows up. Yes, exactly. I was like, damn, er- this is so cool. It does remind me of Japanese movies where sometimes the title card comes when there's some action scene kind of just occurred and the main character is kind of walking on a sidewalk and then all of a sudden the title card appears. It, it That was very Japanese movie-esque for sure. Oh, yeah. Extremely cinematic. Yeah. I'm here for it. I'm not playing the Kurosawa mode. I haven't even tried it yet, just because I'm totally fine. But I'll probably try it when I finish the game. Not play through the whole thing in Kurosawa mode, but just like watch some cutscenes and see what that actually looks like. Did you play it in Kurosawa mode yet? Is it worth it? So, I'm a huge fan of Akira Kurosawa's movies, especially Seven Samurai. And when I heard that this mode was going to be a thing, I was like, oh, hell yeah, that's going to be cool. 
And I tried it out, and I actually don't really like it that much, simply because it's more of an aesthetic thing. And I understand what they're trying to do with it, because it does look like, you know, you're you're in a movie from that era, the 50s, namely the 50s and 60s. But um, I don't know. I just, for this kind of video game, it just doesn't feel right. Hmm. But aesthetically, it is really, really cool that they put in the dedication and time to have a filter where it has, like, randomly generated little, little like, you know, old TV specs that are you know, are on the screen, uh, making it black and white and also adding a voice filter. Hmm. I think that's really, really cool. I see. But um, I felt like it was kind of detracting and it was taking a lot away from what the game is, which is color because it's so beautiful and there's so many different varied colors and environment that when you play it, you're like, you don't know where you are unless like, or what season it is because you can't see the colors because, you know, um, they're like, you know, every section kind of shows a different season. Um, I don't want to get too much into that right now, but, uh, uh, yeah, I, I encourage you to, um, to try at least once, Elisa, and let me know what you think. Yeah, I'll probably do it after I finish the main story. Yeah. Just to see what a cutscene looks like. And you said you're getting a new TV, right? Oh, yeah. I, my intention is I will have a new TV before I finish this game. So that, oh man, because there's three acts to this. I thought there were two, but turns out there's three acts. So ideally, I get a new TV by the end of the second act. And okay, cool. Yeah, that should all work out, though. I will say, (laughs) um, I don't even know where I am in the (laughs) storyline of act one, because for the past, I think. I've put in maybe 15, 20 hours into this game so far, and I'm pretty sure only four of those hours are actual main storyline. I totally get it. Um, did you finish Act 1? No, I don't, I don't even think I did. In fact, because... Oh. So you know how you have... To, so you know how you're recruiting everyone to help you break into the castle to rescue Shimura... Mm-hmm. Um, and when you meet all of these people along the way, they, it's like you meet, you meet each person that you're recruiting on your team, but they have kind of different chapters within each person. So it's like, right. so for example, Taka, Yuna's brother, it's like, I, I rescued Taka and then now Taka has three stories under him to, right, so it's, right. it's like, it's similar. Uh, so yeah, I think I've only hit like three stories per person right now. <laughs> for yeah, for each person I'm trying to recruit. No, I I feel it because that's how I felt about meeting um, Ishikawa Sensei. I was like, dude, I wanna, I wanna just help you out because his missions were so interesting too. Um, and yeah, when when a new character comes up and they have a bunch of missions, especially like, um. Uh, in the later game, I was like, dude, I want to I want to help you out and I want to do stuff because I think your story is going to be so cool. And I always get distracted by that. And that's and that's OK, because I feel like the side stories definitely help lead up to the bigger story. I totally feel that I like I said, I've been playing majority of the side stories right now. And I know that I barely like I don't like I haven't even hit like maybe 5% of the side stories. There's just so many 
that in my head, I, I, how many hours do people put into this game? I remember talking to someone, um, I was talking to a coworker and they were telling me like, oh, you can finish the game in 20 hours. It's really quick. I was like, really? Okay. And then now I'm almost hitting 20 hours. I'm like, wait, so does that mean you finished the game in 20 hours and you didn't do like find the foxes, find um, find the haikus, you didn't help everyone deliver their socket. So you didn't do any of that? And he was like, oh, yeah, I just like did the main mission. And I was like, oh, gosh. Okay, so I I get that, but at the same time, you're not appreciating all everything else about the game that's beautiful. Man, I I can't imagine I I really can't imagine finishing this game in twenty hours. Like e- even the main storyline, I can't imagine finishing this in twenty hours. The battle system's kind of right? hard, <laughs> in my opinion. It is. It is very difficult. Um, but it is once you master it, you're like, okay. <laughs> it took me. But initially, I was like, I was so frustrated. It took me a while to get the parry, especially with Mongols and their spears. That took a while for me to figure out because there's the move where you parry and then you can do an immediate strike after. But every time I dodged, it would do the big dodge and it didn't didn't do the sidestep dodge. Mm. And I was trying to fit uh, for for like a lot of the beginning of the game. I was trying to figure out, geez, like ah, how like I feel like I'm timing it correctly, but it but my circle isn't hitting. And then I really just on Wednesday was finally where I feel like I g- started getting into the groove of the battle system and comfortably oh. switching between stone and water and. And figuring, it took me a while to get used to throwing kunais because it, I just felt like one, like, I think it was L1 or R1 to hit it, but I, but every time instinctively I would think it's R2 or like L2. It's it just, there were, there's a lot of different buttons for different weapons, more than I was expecting, and I think it's very difficult to master. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And just out of curiosity, when you were playing this game, what was your priority in terms of where you put your technique points? Um, so if I recall, there's a lot of different sections yes. to put things. So there's... There's different stances, and then there's the samurai side and the ghost side, right? Yes. So. And then there's also to make it... there's also defensive parry moves versus attack moves. Oh yeah. Okay. So I I try to make it even everywhere, but of course that's kind of difficult because you can't really do that. You kind of have to focus on one style and one um. You have to kind of focus on one stance, and then you have to focus on unlocking all the stances and then you have to focus on which style you like more playing as Uh, in my case i actually liked playing as the ghost a lot Mm -hmm. so i put a lot of points into the ghost stuff because i liked the benefits that they had yeah um some of the move sets and then i liked a lot of the uh i liked all the stances actually um i would forget to use them for certain enemy types because i for some reason like 
you have to think too much and which like buttons to press I when you're in mid combat. Completely and I'm like, agree. Dude, okay. That's why it's yeah, really like, hard okay. to master. I I'm I constantly have to pause the game to figure out. Wait, what am I supposed to press again? Yeah, it's like what stands is for what again? Because I, I I would fight like a big boy. I would fight a spear guy like a sword grunt, and then a shield guy. I'm like, okay, I literally have to use all four stances to do this. And it wasn't until the later part of the game, I'd say like Act 3, when I actually did feel more comfortable switching to each different stance, and then being like, okay, I, I could do this. I can easily, you know, I know what kind of, kind of enemies are up here. I can sw I quickly switch between stances. But between Acts 1 and 2, I had a hard time trying to switch stances and being comfortable with that because... I didn't want to think too much when I was killing Mongols. I was like, yo, I just want to yeah. like kill some dudes. Why do I have to think about switching stances all the time? And I got lazy towards the end of it too. I was just like, you know what? I like how this one looks. I'm just going to use this. And it wasn't as effective as using the other stances to kill enemies, but it was okay. I mean, I still killed them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, it was fine. It was fine. Currently, I only have stone and water. And so switching between those two has been fine but i can just imagine eventually when i have to unlock another stance that this is gonna just be another mindfuck of me to figure out my strategy <laughs> yeah no i i feel it i totally understand and man some sometimes i feel like i'm losing years of my life playing this game with how stressed out i get <laughs> with some of these side quests um um yeah so i've definitely gone down the side mission rabbit hole to the point but also in doing this sometimes you realize oh i don't think i was supposed to solve this side mission yet because why is this so hard mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and i've had i like there were a lot of moments controller throwing moments where I saw Mongol territory. I thought, okay, let me just liberate this. And at the end of each Mongol territory, you have to defeat the leader. And uh. I'm totally stealthing my way through the territory. I'm defeating all of these people. Everything's going well. And then the last leader slays me. Like it's nothing. And uh, and I was just like, did I really just spend an hour just trying to strategically liberate this town only to find out that it turns out this Mongol leader was very hard? Yes. Yes, I did. And I've had to step away and w take a walk around the park oh oh damn and there was this one there was this one that was near azamo bay where uh. i after that happened i just had like i put my controller down i stepped away and i i just didn't play the game for the rest of the day and i took a walk around the park and i thought about my life and how much of how much <laughs> i wasted yeah, there's there's that point where I I definitely felt it where I was playing the game and something happened in a mission where I died and I had to do the whole thing over again. 
like I think two or three times, and I was so frustrated. I was like, dude, I oh my god, like I, I don't understand what I'm doing wrong. Like, the, I, I need to figure out what I'm doing wrong. Do I need to upgrade something? Like, I don't know. And I definitely had that feeling when I died to the first boss in a side mission, and I was like, okay, what the fuck? <laughs> like, come on, come on. Where what am, what am I working towards right now? Yeah, come on, Jen. Come on, Jen. You can do this, dude. <laughs> and. Oh my gosh, this morning though has been an ordeal. I find um for a while I had a side mission for a musician and I mm. and I was like, "Oh, this is exciting. I'm going to meet my first musician." So, I go to I go to this area and my first musician is was for the story called The Legend of Tadayori and then Oh. You find out that Tadayori is an archer, and he has this armor that will help Jin for archery. And yes, everything's going well for like the first twenty minutes. Like I, it instructs you to go to this area. There's an area called the Violet Crown, and you're gonna find the armor there. And you know, doing my thing, I'm going. And then you reach the top of this mountain and it turns out, oh, the armor's not here. But by the way, here's a map to go to a different section. And so Uh (laughs) I'm like, okay, well, let me go to this new area. Go to the new area. Have to deal with some Mongols along the way there. They weren't related to the storyline. Just the fact that there were Mongols like in my path. And Mm -hmm. then finally get to this mountain area. And um. And Jin's like, oh, I don't know how we climb this, so you have to figure out another way in. And I was like, that is weird. I don't know how to climb this mountain. Like, like it legit, like, there was, I couldn't find the entry to, to going to this new section. And mm-hmm. to the point that I had to do this, there was probably, you see, I don't even want to look it up, Jeremy, because I'm putting this story in my past now i don't even don't don't do it i don't even want to know how i was supposed to do it i i went i climbed up this weird ledge and then i dropped down from the ledge that cut half of my (laughs) hit points and health but but i was like okay i literally don't know how i was to get here so we're just gonna deal with this yeah that's that's the thing I'm very like I'm most proud of with this game is I didn't need a guide to look at everything. I just played it and I I was like, okay, I could do this. But there were a couple moments where, like you, I was so confused as what to do. So like or where to go. So like um I'm not gonna get into too much detail about what I was looking for, mm-hmm. but I ended up in an area that I was like, okay, like I've never seen this before, and this does not look like where I'm supposed to go, but this looks like a boss arena and i was Ooh, like okay, okay maybe i shouldn't be here <laughs> nothing nothing was there it looked very beautiful but there's nothing there and i was like okay this is weird yeah turns out in a couple missions later i had to go there and i was like oh shit okay so that's exactly not where i was supposed <laughs> to be <laughs> so yeah i got lost too and i was like this is this is how you get there turns out the game was like uh no but okay anyways <laughs> and, uh, you could just do it <laughs> it's so accurate the, the, it, the game really is I mean, that wasn't what you were supposed to do, but you're here, so we'll accept you. Yeah, I, I guess you're here, so I know. thanks for coming. <laughs> <laughs> so after losing half of my health, I get to this 
beautiful, by the way, this beautiful, like, enclave. And it's another violet field, but this time it has a grave. And it's it's a temple, or just a small temple shrine. And... Mm-hmm. Man, one of the most beautiful places that I've seen so far, and there's a ton of beautiful places. I can't wait to see all the flowers, to be honest. But I, that was that was really gorgeous. And I walk, oh man, yeah. I walk in, I look at the grave, and then there's someone named Kaede, and Kaede is a descendant of Ta- Tadayori, and of course you have to duel her, which you know it, it all made sense. She was actually really difficult too. It took me two tries to to uh, finish her, but the thing that sucked was because I did some awkward ass shit to get into that shrine. I lost half of my health. So, ah. so it was like, so it was another like part of the battle was just figuring out, all right, I lost my health here. So how do I defeat her? But it, it all, it all worked out. I beat her in two tries. So was the area on a cliff or was it in a valley? It was like, Cliff Valley. <laughs> Cliff Valley. It was, so you saw there's a giant tree, right? Was there lightning? No, there was no lightning. Oh, uh, okay. That might be a different musician story. Okay. Yeah. I think so. I don't know. I'm not sure. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. okay. I think I know there's like a uh, a temple, yes, right? Yes, it was a temple. Sure. Okay, so okay, so that's ex- that's exactly the same area that I tried to go to that I was explaining earlier because I wasn't sure oh. if that was the same one. <laughs> But that's the area. I jumped down from like a higher plane, jumped into that little valley, and I was like, I'm not supposed to be here yet, huh? And then I had to go to the entrance and then come back, and then it triggered. And I was like, oh, shit. (laughs) 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 The game's like, yo, that's not the right way, but okay. I know. Like I said, I'm not even going to bother looking up how I was supposed to do it. This is in my past yep. now. <laughs> exactly. I and then I figured out how to get there, and I was like, "Man, this is boring." <laughs> the way I did it was so much cooler. I know. <laughs> you defeat Kaede, and and you and you know she's just like, "Oh, I'm sorry." Like you know, I've been fighting Mongols, so you know I had to fight you to make sure I could trust you know that spiel. And then Jin's like, "Yeah, I'm looking for the armor." And then Kaede goes, "By the way, it's not here either. I don't know where it is." And I was like. Ugh. Look, I think I've spent two to two and a half hours unnecessarily on this story. I need to know where the arbor is. And and then she's yeah. just like, so there's this final place you might look, which, by the way, is in, is in Azamo Bay. And then Azamo Bay is like really far down the map. And I was like, yep. <laughs> okay, here we go. The only thing that like, made this easier was the fact that um was the fact that I saved Taka earlier that I was able to fast track to that area. So that was the only redeeming factor of this. I get to this new cliff and I see a path of violets. Okay, I should be going up here. Everything's looking good. You get to the top and all of a sudden there's a cutscene. There's a hostage situation going on. What the fuck is this hostage situation? Like, when did this game even have hostages? And so now this <laughs> it introduces a new a new factor that I haven't even encountered yet, the fact that there's hostages and they they're like, "So, you have to when an enemy finds out that you're there, 
they're going to kill the hostage. I was like, Jesus Christ. And so, the, by the way, the musician that I met at the beginning of the story was the hostage. And then because they were trying to get him to tell to tell the Mongols or where the armor was. And there were two Mongols next to the hot next to the hostage. So I was like, how do I even activate this so that no one die? You know, my hostage doesn't die. And so I, I, I do some dumb shit where I climb on top of another cliff. I stealth kill an archer. I I climb on top of a cliff and I jump. Now I jump to like, imagine me jumping off a cliff to the hostage situation to where the enemies are and then i do a sneak attack oh nice. and then and then i killed one and then after that i had to like just kill everyone else but i was like wow this is actually like i was like this is this is a lot i am doing a lot for this armor and this better be the best damn armor of this game <laughs> and i i free the musician the musician tells me move the shrine here and you'll get the armor and then the armors for archery which by the way is actually yep. like like was cool um i thought it looked pretty awesome and then the game's like oh by the way there's more mongols along the way about to attack you in fact there's at least 15 that are coming at you right now (laughs) and (laughs) and i was like okay are you kidding me and so the point of this was they wanted you to test the archery armor and i was like okay that makes sense so there's two archers that come in and so i kill those two mongols and i'm thinking okay cool um like the armor works this actually like it makes my archery faster um and um the half bow in general jeremy is like my kryptonite like i have i in any game that involves weapons the long range weapon is always the thing i have difficulty with so Mm -hmm. um after this i was like okay cool so I, I see the point of this I see the point of this final stretch. You have to kill archers with your archery armor. Except no, there's Mongols with shields that are coming at you and they're like, alright, I'm gonna kill the musician hostage. So it's like, wait a minute, so do you want me to kill like these close range enemies with the archery too? Like I don't know what you want me to do. And then on top of that, like the archery armor doesn't have good armor or protection defense against close range attacks. And so Jeremy the moral of the story is after I lost this five times, I actually changed the armor to my regular samurai armor. And I defeated yeah. the last stretch of the game, not even using Tadayori's armor like they told you to. But I was like, dude, fuck these close range enemies. I can't defeat them with this archery armor that lacks any defense. I So, yes. Moral of the story is... Musician stories are really difficult, and I spent way too much, way much more time than I was ever expecting on this sub side story. Whenever I see him on the map, I'm like, "Oh shit, here we go again!" <laughs> like I know what's gonna happen. Some shit's gonna go down. Like <laughs> I thought we were gonna have a pleasant storyline that was musician related. There was some music involved, and it was all a lie, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> I've serious like I think I've I've lost like I said I've lost years of my life this morning just on one single musician story that um it just popped up a new musician storyline and I like I'm so traumatized right now that I, I 
I, I don't even know if I'm going to play Ghost of Tsushima for the rest of the day. At least... You're like, I need a break. I need a break. <laughs> At least until after Super Bowl is over, but yeah. 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 No, I, I feel it. Um, A couple of things I want to add to that story. Uh, The map that is given to you to find that Valley of Roses, I was like, bro, I... I <laughs> Can you just can you just tell me like, why do you have to give this to me? I don't I can't I could not find it for a long time. And then my brother was watching me and we were both trying to figure out where it was. And then we finally found it. We're like, it's that mountain? That's the one? And then we go there, we do the fight, and then we're all bloody. She's like, All right, you beat me. I'll tell you where it is. I'm like, dude, you what if your arm got cut off? We're like, would you still tell me? Yeah. <laughs> we're all we're both like super bloody from the fight. <laughs> Which I lost like three times already. Yeah. And then these like, duels right, are difficult. <laughs> They are. They are. And um, it's very frustrating when you don't win them. Yeah. <laughs> and like I said, I don't even know if I should be doing them yet. Like, <laughs> like, I don't even know if I should. Like, at this point, I'm like, maybe I should do some main storyline because these side stories are getting a lot harder. I know, right? It's it's ridiculous. <laughs> but um, it, it, was a, it was fun overall, I would say, because it kind of gives you a taste of what you're supposed to be doing for these music stories, yeah. music side stories. At the same time, you're just so frustrated because you're like, I don't want to, why do I have to keep doing this? <laughs> I don't understand. Um, but overall, like, yeah, I, I'm excited that you are, you are enjoying the different upgrades, the different armors and stuff in the game because it does a lot of them do benefit you and you can upgrade them over time. Oh yeah, and I've they, been and upgrading. The, the look and colors are different. Too, yes, so it's cool. I've definitely been upgrading whenever I can. Whenever I I'm horseback riding and I just see a glowing plant, I'm like plant, and then I'm like I'll, uh, sidetrack just to make sure I get all of these bamboos and you woods just because you need them and um. Just because yeah. you have to, whenever I see an abandoned shack, I'm like, all right, where's the supplies? <laughs> right, yeah, the like the flowers. The flowers, you know. oh my god, they're so hard to find. They're also, um, they don't respawn, so all of them have a like a an, an exact fixed position. No way. So when you get the yes way, once you get them, that they're not going to respawn in that location. You have to keep going. Um, oh, there's a certain section in the map in Act Two where there's just a bunch of flowers everywhere. So just keep that in mind next time you want to upgrade stuff because that's the place to farm them. But remember that once you take them from that specific area, they will not reappear there anymore. So you have to keep looking around. So with that in mind, all of the flower upgrades that are in the game, does it equal the amount of flowers, fixed flower numbers that exist at least? No, but at that point, you're just collecting them just because. And there's there's no, achieve, there's no uh, trophy tied to that. Mm. You just... You just you just get it, and then you're like, okay, cool. I see. I, I collected this many flowers. I have all the outfits, all the colors. I'm cool. Okay. So. For sure. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's it's good knowing that there's more flowers than there are needed for the clothing because, okay. you know, that's it's fun. It's fun. Oh, I love I love <laughs> it's a, it's a video game. I love like customizing my clothes. That's why I'm concerned. I I was concerned, but I'm good to know that you know it's fine. Yeah, yeah. I I also love custom customizing the clothes too yeah. because that's one of my was one of my priority focuses and um it, it worked out because there's a lot of really badass outfits you can have, yeah. some of them that are just looking cool, some of them that enhance your abilities as you know. So, yeah, I mean, let me know by the end of the game which was your were your favorite outfits to use and I'll let you know what Oh, yes. Mind. Totally. I have to visit that so, golden temple. I know I also know that I have 
I, I have like three gifts I need to pick up, but I just I just need a fast travel there at some point. Yeah, that I I love that area. That area is so nice. <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me of Kyoto. Yes. Um. So the last part of Ghost of Tsushima I want to talk about before going that leads into the next part. Okay. Um. Is, was there anything else that you want to talk about Ghost of Tsushima? Um, not at the moment. Um, aside from the fact I, this is a great game, I love this game, man. Oh, I'm so this happy. Is, you this love is it. like oh, I'm so happy. I waited four years for this, and it was worth it. Three and a half years. We waited three and a half years for this game, worth every penny of it. Yes. Yes. Oh, uh, one more question I had. Uh, I didn't really think about this, but. Because I have the deluxe version, and I guess the deluxe version came with a different horse. Do the horses matter mm. in this game? Like, absolutely okay, not. Okay, that okay. Well, my horse is pretty. That's all that matters. Yeah, the only difference is on the names, and that's that the names don't matter. Yeah, like, the, nothing adds to the horses, like overall value, other than the like the, is the color and the name. I see. Like, that's just all the aesthetic. Um, but I love my horse. I love my horse. Don't you love your horse? My horse's name yeah, is Sora. Ah, oh, Sky. Very cool. Yes. Very cool. What's um, your horse's so, name? So, speaking of horses, oh, my horse's name was uh, Nobu, which means true. Yes. Nice. I love that name. I know it's the name of that expensive sushi restaurant, but um, the name overall yeah, is just really cool. It's a great name. Yeah. Um. So. The, the final part of Ghost of Tsushima that I wanted to talk about for this section was about specifically about horses. I love the horseback riding. And I know you emphasized this in the oh. last podcast where it's it's the best. It's some of the best horse riding in all of video games, it is. to be it, honest. It's super streamlined. Like I can call. So I can call my horse while Jin is running and my horse will come up. And Jin can still be running and I'll just press R2 and he hops right back on. And it's it's seamless. Oh, I love that so much. And the fact that you can collect things while yes. on your horse, where other games mm. are just like, oh, no, you have to get off your horse. I'm like, bro, I don't want to get off my fucking horse. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just get the flower. Yes. Why can't I get the flower on the horse? It's a video game. Let me like, let me detract from reality just a little yes. bit. And I I love that Ghost of Tsushima's like, yo, guess what? We're going to have the best horse mechanics in the in all of video games, and you can collect stuff while you're riding your horse. And I was like, oh, fuck yeah, dude. It's wonderful. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's great. Um, I love it so, so much. And this is going to tie into the next conversation, which is about Breath of the Wild, where after I finished Ghost of Tsushima, I was craving an open world game. Like I wanted, I didn't want to replay Ghost of Tsushima Mm -hmm. because I wanted that to simmer a little bit. I was like, okay, I want to take a break because I played Ghost of Tsushima immediately after The Last of Us Part 2. And I I had a better like overall mindset and positive vibe when playing Ghost of Tsushima because the game was about heroism. It's about, you know, you feel like you're doing something. You feel like you're saving something. Where, as in The Last of Us Part 2, you don't really get that because you're, you know, everything feels hopeless in The Last of Us Part 2. Oh, yeah. It's a depressing game. Exactly. Exactly. So I was like, okay, I want to keep the good vibes going. I want to play another open world game. And Breath of the Wild was always in the back of my mind. So I started playing it. Uh, immediately after Ghost of Tsushima. And I was so turned off by the horse mechanics. I was like, bruh, what the fuck is this? This is so frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, it was so different. Oh, yeah. I was so spoiled with Ghost of Tsushima. I was like, man, this is already uh, this is already a bad... This is a bad time already, and I don't, I don't like it. Um, 
And initially, I did not like Breath of the Wild as much, uh, even though I played it years earlier. I When I was replaying it, um, starting over, I was so turned off by it because I, I just kept comparing everything to Ghost of Tsushima and I just kept thinking about it. But eventually, I had to tell myself, okay... This is not Ghost of Tsushima. If I want to play Ghost of Tsushima, I'm going to play Ghost of Tsushima. I am just going to take that mindset away and enjoy Breath of the Wild for what it is. It worked. I love Breath of the Wild now. I know that Ghost of Tsushima and Breath of the Wild are totally different beasts. But, um, yeah, I mean, everything is different in Breath of the Wild, and that's okay because it's it's a different game. Yeah. And when I heard that you were – in the last podcast, you mentioned that you were playing it, so – I think that's really cool that you're you're playing both of these open world games together because it's it's easy to draw comparisons, but you know obviously being critical of a game that came out th- like four years ago, five years ago, and a game that came out you know last year are going to be totally different. But um, mm-hmm. you know, do, Breath of the Wild definitely takes that go anywhere, do anything vibe because you can't really do that in Ghost of Tsushima. You can't climb mountains like you can in um, yeah. Breath of the Wild. Um, but uh, yeah, I just wanted to mention that I think it's really cool that you were able to uh, uh, play uh, that you're able to be you're able to play both Breath of the Wild and Ghost of Tsushima together. Yeah, and I probably will. I'll probably have more to talk about next week for Breath of the Wild because this past week I've definitely been playing more Ghost of Tsushima as I got into the side stories, but. Um, yeah, I've only put in about seven hours into Breath of the Wild so far, so definitely want to put at least 15 before I talk more about it next week. I, I agree with, I agree with a lot of the basic things you're talking about. What I keep telling myself is, okay, one, this is a JRPG, so definitely, I'm like, there's not gonna, there's gonna be a lot of things that are just, that's part of the mechanics of a JRPG. This is more of a of an action role playing game for PlayStation. So I need I really need to separate the two. And then on top of that, I, I have to keep telling myself, okay, Breath of the Wild came out in 2017. It's three it's three years, almost four years old. So I just need to really separate these two um, open world games, even though in ways they they give the same feeling they are vastly different yeah yeah and that's what i that's the initial thought i did not have going into breath of the wild and i should have but i'm happy that i changed my mind early on because then i enjoyed the rest of the game um did you get the did you get all the dlc or did you just get the base game i got the base game for now okay cool because um if you if you get the DLC, I recommend getting the motorcycle as soon as you can huh? <laughs> because it, it it is better than all the horses combined. Okay. Like that motorcycle is the best thing in the world because it's it reminds me of Ghost of Tsushima where you can just spawn it wherever you want like and it'll just disappear and you know if it breaks then you can just respawn it and yeah, with like with a horse you get so attached to it in in breath of the wild because you have to name it and stuff and you're like oh man <laughs> like i don't want my my horse to die or anything and then if your horse dies you're like no no and then, um with the bike you're like ah it's just it's just piece of it's metal, just a bike metal. yeah and it it's it's cool that you can it, it it basically has uh uh fuel so you have to use like whatever you want to fuel it um whereas opposed to horse you don't really have to you know, feed it yeah. or anything. It's just, it has unlimited energy in a sense. This is very um, cool. Uh, the motorcycle looks cool. 
It's awesome. Yeah. yeah, I highly recommend it. Um, it it's a little bit faster than a horse, mm-hmm. and it gets you around the whole map, and it just looks cool. It like, does. It's it's a fun time, and you're like, oh wow, this is this is great, and uh, yeah, it's it's a cool little weapon. Um, not a weapon, a cool vehicle to have in the game. Yes. Um, also, side note, when I started playing Breath of the Wild and I got my horse, I named it Nobu. No. <laughs> and then I named I had Kage, Sora. And then I also had um, uh, one named after one of my characters in Animal Crossing, one of the villagers. Oh, that's cute. All right. The next part I want to talk about was uh, Dad of Light because you started watching that show. And I'm surprised and happy that you remembered. I finished it. I I, I finished the whole thing. Nice. And did you like it overall? Oh, it was so cute. It was a really adorable show. And it was a lot funnier than I was expecting it to be, too. Yeah, I, I love how humorous it is, how quirky it is. I think it's overall a good mixture of drama, Japanese culture, and video games, and I think it's really cool. Yes, I love that show. It's it's a great. It's it's a very quick watch. It discusses the relationship between a father and the son in a different way through video games that I think is endearing, but also funny because, like I said, they really capture the quirks of playing an MMORPG and how awkward the characters look at times, even when you're having serious situations. And uh, the plot was just really touching. I wasn't expecting what happened with the father, and it I, I just really enjoyed how they rekindled their relationship. And also, I love to how the main i forgot the main character's name but i love how he um is just oblivious to all the people who like him at the company (laughs) (laughs) yeah he's like yo i just want to play some video games with my dad secretly i know like what but i like you he's like uh i gotta go play video games with my dad secretly (laughs) it's like okay okay i know right (laughs) Uh, what's his oh his name's inaba yeah everyone likes inaba and inaba's like um, maybe next week. <laughs> like, Jesus. Yeah. Oh, God. I gotta go play Final Fantasy fourteen. I know. I'll see you later. You're killing <laughs> like, okay. me right now. Yeah, that's the part I was like, come on, man. At least be a little bit aware God. of what's going on. <laughs> I know you're focused on your virtual life, but what about your real life, bro? I know. <laughs> the one thing that, um, the one thing that's not really a big deal, but I kind of thought of was that, you know, at some point the dad, um, part of when their relationship um deteriorated growing up the dad was like you know like my son like is like a bu- like you know like a bum or like he'll like kind of insult his son to friends but i'm just like you know doesn't his son have a nice office like you know he has a decent salary office job <laughs> like like right like i was like you know he's not a he, he doesn't seem like a bum to me like he you know he's respected at his job he's kind of like the main manager asks him for advice and for help on things. It, it didn't seem like it didn't seem like the son was a deadbeat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that was my only question, but not really a big deal. Yeah, I usually, I, I guess, maybe the dad's still disappointed that his son's not doing something more than mm-hmm. that. I mean, but they should be happy that the, the son has like a basic job. Yeah, <laughs> like, and it, like like I said, he's really well respected at his job. Like the manager goes to him all the time for help. So, right? yeah, I'm I'm not sure. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, overall, really good watch. Like that that's like a good weekend watch. 
Yeah, it's it's short too yes. for a Japanese drama. Super short. Uh, so definitely check it out if you guys have time. You don't have to be a fan of Final Fantasy because I I definitely wasn't when I watched it, and I still loved the show. I thought it was really. Fun. Oh yeah, you don't have to. You as as long as you have an understanding of what an MMORPG is, that that's all that really matters. Yeah, and as long as you like video games, yeah. I mean, I think it's it's fun that way because they make references to um, some other stuff too, uh, and. Um, yeah, I I think with the resurgence of it seems like a lot more people are playing Final Fantasy fourteen now. Oh yeah, for some reason, and so I think the show is a lot more relevant now than it was when it first came out. So, in the U.S. at least, in Japan, you know that the game was already booming over there, but now I think it's more relevant, which is awesome. Yes, there's another there's another um video game esque TV show that's on Netflix. I'm only three episodes in. But I really, really like it. It's called Alice in Borderland. Oh. And um, if you haven't seen it yet, or just for anyone who hasn't seen it, it's a... Man, this might be my favorite, like, adaptation of, like, representing a video game in the movie or TV show. <laughs> I This is... Yeah. It, it's, it's done really well. And it's based off of a survival video game. Um, I mean, like, n- not, I'm not saying that, like, it's based off of a, a video game that exists. I'm just saying it's based off of the genre survival video games. And it's, like, a, it's really good so far. I, I'm on episode three. I, I know that they renewed it to, uh, to season two. So, uh, I'm, I'm sure it's popular, but it definitely check it out if you haven't checked it out. Yeah, I started episode one. I finished it. I'm on episode two, and it's an amazing show. Oh, it's yeah. so cool. I love it. Definitely different from Dad of Light in the fact that yes. they're like they're playing a video game in real life. Oh yeah, as opposed to Dad of Light, which is like more based on realism. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is. But Alice in Borderlands, awesome! It's so cool. The action's really good on this show. I like the effects. And I just think that the representation of the video game in the TV show is well is very well done, and the cinematography yes. is really good. A lot of their one shot scenes, I'm like, dang, this like this the, like how they got this to look. It it looks nice. <laughs> yeah, it's different, yeah. and I like that. I like how like the 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 angles and shots are very you know typical of Japanese dramas and media. But then you have other angles that I'm like, oh wow, this is this is definitely a lot cooler and wasn't what i was expecting oh yeah definitely uh all right cool uh the only bit of news i wanted to talk about was building off of your last news comment which was on gamestop oh yes go- and the stock market go for it um i i basically like gave my spiel on, on how i feel if you want to give your spiel Sure. Um, so I agree with a lot of you what you were saying, which was, you know, little guy takes from the big guy and, you know, a lot of people are helping each other. Right. And I think that's that's a really good thing. Um, and uh, on a personal note, during the move, my brother and I started getting into stocks. OK. And we were kind of unaware of what was going on around us as far as that was happening, because my brother has this friend who is an active trader. Uh, he's a day trader and he was giving my brother advice and my brother was kind of filtering it down to me and we were, you know, discussing what the outcomes were and doing a little bit of research here and there, you know, just 
just stuff not to like you know give too much money to but we were just curious about it so we started with cryptocurrency and i i have a little bit of money in ethereum which is one of the open source uh cryptocurrency um currencies in the world as opposed to like you know the biggest one being bitcoin which is the most expensive and <laughs> you know the one that has everyone's attention yeah um so i've made a little bit of a return on my investment in, on ethereum um, on the flip side, though, we started talking about Robinhood. And mind you, this is like two weeks before all this shit went down. And we're like, all right, well, BlackBerry is probably going to go up because um, they have like they have all their uh, UI in a lot of smart cars. And, um, you know, th there's going to be a big unveil where BlackBerry is going to talk about like uh, Tesla and a bunch of other stuff. And so we're like, OK, we're going to invest some shares in BlackBerry. So we both bought bought some BlackBerry shares. My brother was like, I have a feeling that, um, uh, you know, Airbnb is going to go up in the future because, uh, you know, when the, once the pandemic is over, uh, the shares are going to go up. And I was like, oh, OK, cool. So we both bought some Airbnb shares as more of a long term thing. Yeah. The the, the BlackBerry thing was short term. <clears throat> and I started looking into more stuff. And then um, the whole GameStop thing went down. And I was like, huh, kind of want to see what happens. So I actually own two shares of uh, GameStop stock. <laughs> and um i also have some amc stock as well nice and yeah and it just happened to you know fall in line with what was happening with all that i haven't sold it um you should i, I don't think I'm, you should sell it yet either no i'm i'm definitely not i'm waiting i've been watching our wall street bets i've been like looking at stock market um charts and and predictions and stuff and i'm like okay i'm I'm going to wait. I'm definitely holding. I'm part of the hold game. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be holding that stock. I only got two, but you know what? It's all good. It's all good. Yeah. I'm not going to be selling anytime soon. I think I'm going to wait. Um, but it would be nice to um, get a little bit of money, a little bit of extra money. And um, unfortunately, I did. I am stuck with Robinhood for the time being. I might transfer over to another broker. But, you know, the whole the whole negativity towards Robinhood came out and I was like, ah, oh, shit. I, I feel like I kind of chose the wrong side. But it's okay. My, I, everything is safe. Everything is good. Um, it's dope. And um, I'm really excited for uh, everyone that has the stock. And I'm, and I'm happy that people are changing lives. It came out that there's a story where this dude uh, gave out switches to kids at a hospital. And I was like, that is awesome. That's great. You know, that is, yeah, you're using Robinhood exactly for what it's for. I'm sure he didn't use Robinhood, but like, the name is implying, you know, steal from the rich, give to the poor, right? That's the whole point of the character of Robin Hood, not to block off certain, like, stocks from being bought. That Robin Hood never did that. Never, Robin Hood wasn't like, yo, so uh, I'm going to block off these stocks. Fire talk, how you feel about that? It's like, no, nah, he didn't do that shit. Come on, man. Robin Hood stole from the rich, man. Yeah. That's the whole point. You're uh, So, yeah, I'm very, I'm kind of critical of everything that happened with Robin Hood. I think it was really stupid, but um, it's fine. I think I think now that they reopened uh, all the stocks to have no limits for in Robinhood, so now GameStop and AMC don't have any limits. Before they limited it to like 150 per person or something, and now they took off the limit. Um, so hopefully the uh, stock will increase uh, value. Yes. Um, in this coming week because it shot up a little bit, shot up a few points yesterday. I'm sorry, two days ago on Friday, which was the last business day. Um, but we'll see what happens in the coming week. I'm I'm really excited. Everyone, if everyone who is listening that has some stock in GameStop or 
AMC or BlackBerry or one of those big ones that is being watched by everybody at Wall Street Bets. Make sure that uh, you watch the stock market. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting what happens next. It's gonna be very interesting. Also, Mark Cuban did an AMA on Wall Street Bets, and he was telling everybody to hold. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone's like, yo, Mark Cuban's telling us to hold. And then immediately after he did the AMA on Reddit, he went over to, like, CNBC or, or some, some like, news channel, and he was doing a phone interview. And he was like, yeah, I just came off of Wall Street Bets. Everybody needs to hold. <laughs> and I was like, yo, Mark Cuban is a G. That is dope. Yeah, he's, he's pretty... <laughs> He's pretty great. <laughs> He's like, I love how you guys are like, you know, fucking up the big guys. I love how the little guy is messing up the big guys. And that is awesome. And I was like, yo, Mark Cuban, <laughs> let's go, dude. <laughs> that's sick. That's um, that's yeah. pretty hilarious. <laughs> it's great. It's great. Um, And on a more personal note, I, speaking of money and stuff, I... I am debt-free of all my student loans. I paid all of them off last Friday. Congrats! That's exciting! Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. That's amazing. Oh, I love hearing news like that. Yeah. It's it's good to be financially free Yeah, now. good work. I'm really happy Good job, Jeremy. That. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh and but that's that's all i wanted to talk about that's all the news i had i oh well okay the last sorry the last piece of news that i have was that um uh gearbox software has been purchased by thq nordic specifically their parent company but of course it's going to be probably rolled into thq nordic yeah i Um, i read that too the parent company is called embracer group right right and um there will be no changes to the 550 staff members of gearbox software this includes controversial CEO Randy Pitchford, Mister Leave My Porn Stick at Medieval Times, Randy Pitchford. Mm. Sounds about right. So, yeah, he's not going anywhere. He's not changing. Yeah, for better for worse, whatever that means, he's gonna be there. So, uh, I don't think, I don't think THQ Nordic's gonna change anything on the Gearbox software side. I literally think they're just gonna leave Gearbox to do, you know, to their own devices, and that's good because. Gearbox still makes great games despite everything about their CEO. <laughs> so I'm I'm here for it. I'm happy that they got bought out by THQ Nordic because Nor- THQ Nordic's been buying up a lot of stuff and they've been yes. kind of leaving that stuff alone for the most part, and that's good. Yeah, definitely don't don't sleep on Sweden. Don't sleep on Sweden. There you go. I wonder if they would buy 2K. It's possible. Yeah. Just because Gearbox kind of has an association with 2K. <laughs> Yo, I know, right? Yeah, we'll see what happens. But definitely, they're 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 on the come up of something. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The last piece of news so- that I have is also uh, Google Stadia announced that they're shutting down uh, two internal studios that were being used to develop first party games for Stadia. So they're shutting it down like even before the game comes out. I don't even think they're going to finish the game. That's right. They um those two game those two um studios are literally the only studios for Stadia that were building original content. Yes. Which means Stadia is now going to stick to just third party. 
Oh, man. I feel like Stadia is on life support. I mean, we did predict this was going to happen. <laughs> it's it's too early for this kind of thing to come out. And uh, to kind of reiterate our thoughts from last time, we, we think that this is definitely part of the future. And it, it has the potential to be something better. But there's a lot of issues surrounding this as well. Like, once Stadia goes away, there goes your entire game's library. Like... You can't play it anymore. That's it. It's gone. Um, that's different from, say, Origin, Steam, or Epic, where if the service goes away, um, you know, that's that's it. But, like, you'll still have internet. You still have the, abil- you still have the ability to play games on other platforms, like Steam. Um, but with Stadia, that's it. Like, you can't transfer your game files anywhere. You can't play it on any other devices because it's so unique. It's so... You know, it's so different than what's out right now. So there's a lot of risk when you're trying to invest in Stadia as far as, like, a, a game goes. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I I, just see this as Stadia's on its last legs because it, Google, <laughs> Google's investment didn't really pay off and a lot of people aren't really playing it. I know. And what's really... Okay, I'm not surprised that they're shutting down their internal studio. I am surprised that they didn't just put out a game first before shutting it down because Google Stadia, like I have no idea what what's even up with with um a lot of their services right now, but what mm-hmm. what if the game the first party game you were developing was actually a good game. And what if that game was the thing that, you know, brought potential to your platform? So so they gave up without trying, which is which is normal for Google. But yeah, they they're known for just like making things and then being like, "All right, I'm done with it. Yeah. I don't need to do this anymore." But I I do think it's a shame that you shut it down before it comes out cuz for all we know, it might have actually been a good game. Exactly. Exactly. So, it's and also it's just unfortunate, you know. More developers will be laid off. It's just yeah, and we always hate when yeah, that happens. Uh, yeah, um, it seems like the staff at the the first party studio all either got notices or maybe they're. I know someone. There was like another high profile person that announced on Twitter that they're moving on to a different studio or something, and I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, it it begins, so we'll see. Yep. I will say, Um, weirdly, um, Judgment's going to come out on Google Stadia on April 23rd. (laughs) And I was like, like, oh, that's an interesting game to put on Stadia and not on PC and Steam yet. (laughs) I know, right? Um, okay. <laughs> to be fair, I don't understand RGG, like, their reasoning for any of their Steam game releases at this point. So... <laughs> yeah, uh, me too. But I'm just happy for the fact that the games got released on PC so that there's a bigger audience for them. Oh, yes, totally. Like, that's the only thing I'm happy about. Yes. But as far as, like, business decisions go, I'm like, all right. Yeah, I know. Like, okay. I, I don't get that. <laughs> okay. I will never understand the order. Yeah. Maybe it's like a... I don't think it's an exclusive thing. Is it a timing thing? Is it a development thing? Maybe. I don't know. Well, who knows? Yeah, who knows? Who knows? Um, 
But I got my PlayStation versions and I'm pretty happy with those. Oh yeah, I'm totally fine with mine. Cool. Um, let's move on to the questions that you Great. um you glossed over last time, mm-hmm. and now we can answer them in depth. Cool. So they're both from Chariot Goblin, but the first one is from episode one fifty four. The like is like a dragon Yakuza spoiler cast, and Chariot Goblin says, "I completely did not know about Haredi's amulet until now. I even completed the battle arena. I also found out that you're able to fast travel via the taxi app on the phone menu. I found out about all this after being the game." I I don't blame you because there's a lot of things you don't find out about this game until later because of how detailed and in-depth it is and I really like that about the game but I can't understand that it can it can be daunting and you can get lost easily with all the stuff that's happening. Um so I Sorry, there's a motorcycle that went by. <laughs> um it's all good. Yeah, Hurdy's Zam- amulet is um Pretty OP overall. Uh, and uh, yeah, fast travel via the taxi app was something I found out early on. And I was like, I got to make use of this as much as possible. Especially when you're a multimillionaire in the game. You could just use the taxi as much as you want. Um, and it's totally okay that you didn't find out about everything. Yeah, it's totally fine. I, even if you didn't find out about it, as at the end of the day, you beat the game too. And it's all that really matters. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a big accomplishment. Absolutely. So thank you for that question. Um and slash comment, I should say, not really a question. So the the next um question was also from Chariot Goblin from our website. Thank you for submitting via our website. I think it's awesome. And they say, Hey downtime, hopefully you all had a happy holiday. Thank you. Uh, after Yakuza Seven, what we what do we think is next for the series? Could it be Yakuza Eight, Kiwami Three, or Judgment Two? Will Yakuza Eight return to the beat em up combat? Will Sega ever localize the Feudal Japan spinoffs? <laughs> In the meantime, I should probably play my sealed copy of Judgment, despite its mixed reception. Thanks, and keep up the great work. Well, thank you so much for your comment and question. Um, wow, there's a lot of parts to this, uh, and I know you're. I know at least I wanted to wait for me to answer uh, one one of these questions. Um, so again, together we can answer all of these. But uh, Alisa, I'd like to hear your thoughts on this. What part do we want to kick off first? Well, we'll do it line by line. How about the first one? What's next for the series? So I personally think it's Judgment 2, but I think that a, the next Yakuza 8 is being made. Like, I think Judgment 2 and Yakuza 8 are being developed as we speak right now. But uh, or in, when I say develop, doesn't necessarily mean that they're in the game design moment for it it just means that their stories are being built out right now but i do think judgment 2 will come out first before yakuza 8 i think that if judgment 2 comes out and judgment 2 is beat em up they're not gonna put beat em up for yakuza 8 and they're gonna stick with the rpg jrpg um turn based battle yeah um so I I agree. I feel like Judgment Two will come out after. Um, oh, sorry, will come out next. Um, because I feel like there are um. There's a lot of potential for the game um to be to have been in pre-production or at least in production during um the final phases of Yakuza Like a Dragon, um, 
That being said, even though it had a mixed reception over here, I definitely feel like it did better in Japan because of the the main character, the the voice actor and the likeness was Takuya Kimura. He's one of the most popular um, actors, singers in all of Japan. So that that I think was a driving point for a lot of people to play the game in Japan. I can see Judgment retaining the beat 'em up style and Yakuza 8 coming up out after that and retaining the JRPG style that Yakuza 7 established. Um, I because again this is a new character in the Yakuza series they want the games to go in a new direction I, I can still see them using the JRPG aspect of it and and that's okay again uh, Elisa and I both enjoyed that that part of it we were initially you know skeptical of what was gonna come out of that and it seems like a lot of people were in the same boat uh, there were a lot of people in the US who reacted negatively and there were a lot of people who were you know kind of on the fence about if they should like it or not when it finally came out, everybody agreed that it was that was good. Like there's no there were no glaring issues with it. You know, so I'm sure some people like myself miss the beat 'em up style, but I think that's what Judgment's gonna be. I think Judgment's gonna retain that beat 'em up style so that Yakuza, the mainline Yakuza series, can have the JRPG aspect. Um, and um, Kiwami Three, I don't think that's gonna happen because Three, Four, and Five were just recently remastered. I don't think there's a need to have a Kiwami version of three but um that's to say that's not to say it would be cool to see that i definitely think it would be awesome but um yeah i i think i don't think sega is going to prioritize making a kiwami three four or five because those games are already you know built on the engine that um kiwami one was on uh it's weird because kiwami one uh zero and kiwami one have the same engine that three four and five have and, but Yakuza Kiwami 2 has the same engine that 6 was on simply because 6 came out before Yakuza Kiwami 2. And it's weird the engine change because you go from the Yakuza 3 engine in Yakuza Kiwami, then you have the Dragon engine from Yakuza 6 in Kiwami 2, and then you go back to the Kiwami engine. Uh, you, I'm sorry, you go back to the Yakuza 3 engine, of course, for Yakuza 3. Uh, I'm just saying words. But <laughs> my point is, I don't know if Yakuza Kiwami 3 is going to come out. But I do agree with Elisa saying that Judgment 2 will come out first and then Yakuza 8. Um, so that kind of answers the next part of the question, which is, will Yakuza 8 return to the beat-em-up combat? Um, again, yeah, we think that Judgment is probably going to um, have that still, but Yakuza 8 might not. And um, Elisa, do you think Sega will ever localize um, the Field Japan spinoff in the Yakuza series? I think that... I think that as of 2021, yes. The reason being that the Yakuza franchise has really grown and and proved to have a found found. Oh my gosh, I can't talk right now. Has proven to find <laughs> a fan base. Oh gosh, in in the United States and globally, not just in Japan. So that gives more incentive for Ishin to come out and I think that from what we've seen they we've proven that you know a lot of people play Yakuza to do wacky shit and this is this is the exact type of wacky thing that the people want so I think there's I think it might take a while but the growing fan base gives more incentive than it would have, say, like five years ago, when Yakuza six, uh, when Yakuza Zero came out. Yeah, I I can I totally understand that. Um, so 
my my answer to this question is yes and no. So yes, I agree with a lot of your points. Um, I think that it's time for this game to come out to the West because it'll give us um, some insight uh, into Japanese history. And um, a lot of, you know, samurai-esque themes are present in this game. I know that there's some um, some fun references to, to samurai movies. Uh, and all the characters in the game are based off of uh, characters from the current Yakuza franchise. They're, they're, but they're all their names are different. They all play different characters, but their faces are all, are all the same, if that makes sense. <laughs> so you have Akiyama playing someone else. You got Majima playing someone else. And of course, Kiryu playing someone else. Um, so yes, I think that this game should come out to the West because a lot of people are clamoring for it. I definitely want to play it. I am so interested in this game and what it could be. I know that there's a lot of fan translations of the game that are out online. You can look those up for yourself and see what they are. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, and the reason why I say no is simply because of the 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 themes and uh, story of the game. It's so Japanese. Like it takes place during the end of the Tokugawa Shogunate. I'm not going to explain all this because I think this is going to take too much time to talk about Japanese history. But um, there, the game is so rooted in um, Japanese history from the tail end of the Edo period with characters from a real from real life that do certain things that are you know similar to their real life counterparts. That I think it might be too off putting for Americans to understand or even like what's there, but. Go, tying back into the yes answer, I think that Ryogago Toku Studio should release it because it is so Japanese, because there's so much Japanese history to it. It'll help, um, you know, a lot of people um, understand um, that time period and, and the culture during that time period and because it's so different. It's so unique. Um, usually when you play a samurai game, you know, it's easy to understand and it's easy to play. But I feel like for the Yakuza games, they're known for being complicated. They're known for having very Japanese things like, you know, canned soft drinks and vending machines um, that are different flavors. There's different like, you know, coffees. There's um, meat shops. Uh, I'm sorry. There's like, you know, meat and rice bowl shops. There's like convenience stores. There's like uh, uh, pachinko machines. There's hostess clubs. Like those are things that are not American at all. Then Americans can't familiarize themselves with. So I think that. Ryogog Kotoku Studio should bring it over simply for the fact that it, it showcases a side of Japanese history that Americans don't aren't really familiar with and they can learn something. But I also think that because it's so Japanese and because it's so so much based on Japanese history that it's so complicated that maybe Americans would be off put by it. Um, and I'm just using Americans as kind of the general Western standard because this game is obviously marketed more towards an American audience. So international audiences, I'm sorry. I don't mean to leave you guys out, but for the for the purposes of this podcast, for me being American and Elisa also being American, that's my frame of reference for now. Um, I know this game is released in other places worldwide, but yeah, those are my points. That I, I really want it, but I understand why they won't release it, is what I'm trying to say. You know what they should do? Hear me out, Jeremy. Yes. Okay. Take Dead Souls. You You take that concept that there is a zombie apocalypse, but you do a deal instead of a full game, you do a DLC off of like a dragon or any of the Yakuza games. So it's a quick 10 hour DLC of just zombies wreaking havoc in Ijinjo. 
and oh, it, that sounds awesome. And it's just like a quick ten-hour DLC. But that's pretty much what Yakuza Dead Souls is. No, that's that's what I mean. But that was like for like the Kiryu time, so we do it now for the Ichi times. Oh, okay, yeah, and yeah, in, I see that in yeah, Ichinsho yeah. too. Oh, okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Sorry, I got confused for a second. Um, and then just make it a DLC. Yeah. That'd be awesome. That'd be really cool. I, I can see why they won't release it though, because that game kind of released at the height of zombie games. But you know, zombie games aren't really the most prevalent thing anymore. But that would be really cool. I'd I'd love to see that concept. Yes. Also, zombie games aren't necessarily trending, but it's the way that you do the zombie game that is what's most important. That is true. Yeah. That is very very true. As we saw with uh, Back for Blood, which is basically just Left for Dead Three. You know, people are craving that kind of game, um, and um, it's it's definitely different from other zombie games like it because it's you know loosely based off of Left 4 Dead, and Left 4 Dead Two is so beloved within the uh, shooter community that I think um, a zombie game like it needs to come out. So I'm happy that Back for Blood is going to come out, and that um, you know it's it's a, a zombie game that is definitely different than other zombie games like Call of Duty or like um, other zombie survival horror games. Yes. Definitely, I would appreciate a DLC. Uh, Ryogaku Toku doesn't really do DLC, but maybe that's exactly the content we need. Just some fun side stories. Just similar to how with Kiwami, um, Kiwami Part 2, a lot of... A lot of the appeal was they added a 10-hour story to Majima and the conclusion of Yakuza 0. Maybe that's maybe that's what we need. We need some good old fun DLC side stories. Yeah, I agree. Need more of it, at least. Maybe I could yeah. actually see a certain someone that I didn't see in Like a Dragon in a side story. Who knows? But... Yeah. yeah, where's where's my boy Akiyama? Where's he at? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen him, him in a while. I mi- I really do miss him. He's so dope. Oh my gosh. All right, cool. Um, well, everyone, if you would like to leave us a comment or question, you can go to our website www.downtime.live. You can click on the contact form, fill it out, just as Chariot Goblet did earlier, and leave us a comment or question that way. You can also send us an email the old-fashioned way at contact at downtime.live. Again, that's contact at downtime.live. That will send us an email with your comment or question. You can leave your comment or question on wherever this podcast is hosted that le- that is that has the ability to leave comments on. Um, you can find our podcast on YouTube, Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and more. Um, we have a Steam group. We have a Twitch. Uh, we have a Twitter. We have Discord. On our Discord, if you go to our website, click on the word community, you'll be able to join our Discord with the link. And we talk about everything from video games to movies to music. Um, so, hey, Chariot Goblin, calling you out. If you want to join our Discord, you're more than welcome to. You can talk to us one-to-one. <laughs> um, so, check that out. And, um, yeah, any final thoughts, Elisa? Uh, that's it, except... Um... Just a just a fun fact. Uh, both of our birthdays are this week, so that's right. Yeah, hey. February birthday month. Let's go. So that's gonna be a good time. 
Yeah. I'm excited. Any any big plans for your birthday? No, not really. Just there's only so much you can do during a, you know, pandemic birthday. Yeah, same. I'm not going to be doing anything yeah. in particular. <laughs> it's all good though. Um saving money for future trips, really. Yep, exactly. <laughs> but yep, that's all. Hope everyone has a good day. Happy Super Bowl. Thank you.